rather you live your life in vanity You traded all your hopes and dreams for insanity I'm Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin, and I'm joined today by Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, our coordinator of pastoral care for the restorative justice ministry in the city of Gatesville, serving the incarcerated and the corrections officers there, and our friend of the program, Renee Brown, a licensed professional counselor who's been walking us through uh, two and now our third and final session on finding happiness. Renee, what is mindfulness and its components? So mindfulness is, the way to think about it, it's a state of awareness in which you're being um, non-judgmental of what's happening in that present moment. Um, and so if you're having awareness of thoughts and feelings of, of senses, you want to be in the moment, but you want to be non-judgmental to all of that. And then some of the components of mindfulness would be uh, awareness. So there is an awareness component to mindfulness. And that means that when you're in that state of mindfulness, you're going to notice like your thoughts, your feelings. You're going to notice the physical sensations that you're experiencing in your body. Um, And the goal isn't to clear your mind necessarily. It's not to stop thinking but it's just to become aware of those thoughts and feelings rather than trying to get lost in them. So it's not necessarily that you have to completely clear the mind, but the whole idea is if you're experiencing, you know, a past thought, you don't want to get lost in that past thought. And then acceptance. And I think this is like an important one. And I think acceptance plays into so many of the last six uh in the last six of our recordings, right? This is part of this uh, theory of acceptance and commitment. But when you're practicing mindfulness, it's about accepting the thoughts and the feelings and the cessations that you're noticing. You know, accept that. Um, and trying to be non-judgmental, you know, when you're practicing mindfulness. So when you say non-judgmental, and in and, and corresponding with that, accepting what's there. So let's say I don't like what's there as I'm mm-hmm. being mindful. So saying to myself, I don't like something, is that part of the judgmentalness? Just leave that evaluation aside? Is that, yeah, is that what that is? Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this, it gives us an example here. It says, if you notice a feeling of nervousness, for example, simply state to yourself, I noticed that I'm feeling nervous. Um but you don't have to judge yourself. And so it's like, I'm always nervous. I'm always anxious about everything. I can't even practice mindfulness because I'm always anxious. I'm always nervous. Just state that you're nervous, but you don't have to flood yourself with being judgmental about being nervous, you know? So that's what it's kind of referring to. And then just being accepting. Accepting means owning it. I'm nervous. Bam, done. But you don't have to start overthinking well, you're nervous all the time. You can't even manage your anxiety. You know, when you start down that road of overthinking. This and is never going to stop. It's never going to stop, you know, and you're bombarding yourself with all these negativities. That's not the idea. It's just to acknowledge, simply acknowledge and accept that this is what you're feeling or that was your thought. It could be a lot of times for mindfulness, too. This is stupid. You know, that's okay. 
this is maybe it feels stupid in that moment that you're trying to do mindfulness. It's, I've got, it's on the menu, but I don't have right, to order it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of mindfulness. Um, and then um, the components of mindfulness. Just remember, it's about acceptance and it's about being aware. So given that, that's about acceptance and being aware, why should I practice it? You know, what benefit do I get out of, of uh, putting forth of the effort? putting forth the effort. Well, so it ties in, of course, because all these segments are about happiness, right? This mindfulness can elicit some of those feelings of happiness because what's going to happen is you're going to reduce maybe some stress and anxiety. If you think about it, just from that last example of, I'm, you know, I'm nervous, if you just make the statement, I'm nervous, but you don't get in your head and start overthinking, being hard on yourself, beating yourself up, and you can just acknowledge and accept that, yeah, I'm nervous. Well, to me, that kind of says, ooh, I'm going to probably re be reducing some of my stress right now. Just by making a statement and not overthinking, I'm actually reducing my anxiety right now. Is that what you mean by owning it? Yeah, just own it. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, could it also be we, we in our anger management series, we talked a little bit about the practice of kind of the view from the top. Mm. So I'm, I'm looking down uh, instead of uh, in that close proximity of whatever that vent may be. I'm, I'm kind of stepping back, taking a look at it um, and saying, you know, I, I've, I know the results of this or at least, you know, give myself a chance to see the bigger mm -hmm. picture and perhaps a collateral damage that might be uh, my past reaction to something like that may have caused. So it gives me a chance to to just kind of freeze that steel and, and examine it and make some better choices with it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Also, <clears throat> I think with mindfulness, too, you're going to experience like relationships. Relationships are going to improve when you're practicing mindfulness, right? It, it's been shown to improve uh, your memory, help with focus. We talked about focus, you know, a little bit. Um, mental processing speed, um, reducing rumination. We talked about that before, you know, getting lost in the past or, you know, focusing on maybe some things you've been anger, angry about or what happened. Um, when I'm practicing mindfulness and I'm in that moment, because that's the whole idea of mindfulness is that you're in the moment right now. So there, you can't be in the moment and practice mindfulness, but be ruminating on the past, you know, and being lost in past things that you've done, because well, the whole idea is here and now. And just so people know that sometimes for the incarcerated, for the way that the system is built around them, isn't always easy to do, particularly mm -hmm. at parole review time. Because one of the things that's going to happen at parole review time is that there's going to be a look back at who you were and how you were when you committed the crime you got convicted for, and they're going to bring that up again. And here you are trying to be mm -hmm. mindful to the moment, and yet the system is going to keep bringing up to you, whether it's five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later. And I, I think there can be a certain degree of frustration for our incarcerated people that we teach these practices, and yet the way that things are built around them, things get 
keep dragging them back, back to the past as if nothing had ever happened in their lives. And understand, I'm not I'm not throwing the system under the bus here. That has to be done because the the people that may say yes or no to them leaving have to take into account those past actions for which they are now paying a debt to society. But at the same time, I think it's fair in the context of mindfulness as we're discussing it today to allow ourselves to say that person is more than just that moment in time when they committed their crime. Yes, they need to be held accountable. Yes, it actually did happen. Yes, they are paying a service debt to that. But there's a reality to this person that's the here and now as well. Mm -hmm. And that to me would be what brings it into the realm of mindfulness. Absolutely. And and in thinking about that, like going, um, you know, before the parole board or those kind of things, and you're trying to practice uh, mindfulness in that moment, right? And and you're going to try not to ruminate and get lost. They're going to bring up all these things. You're going to try not to ruminate. You're going to be in the moment. You're going to hear them out. The next thing on this list for benefits of mindfulness is improved ability to manage your emotions, so with mindfulness, practicing mindfulness, this is how this is going to help you be emotionally regulated. So many people that are incarcerated right now probably struggle with emotional regulation. You probably find yourself being dysregulated most of the time. And so if I can be mindful, if I can be in this moment, I can also be aware, aware of my emotions. Um, and then the other one that they have is improved ability to adapt to stressful situations. So once again, back to your example of being in front of the parole board, that's going to be a hugely stressful situation. But if I've been practicing mindfulness, if if I practice this now and I can do it, and we're going to talk a little bit more, there's some other things, awareness pieces to uh, mindfulness. Then when you got in front of the parole board, you know already they're going to be Talking about your past, you're going to be, I'm not ruminating on that. I'm in the here and now. I'm going to manage my emotions. I know when they talk about my past, I'm going to become angry because I'm going to feel disappointed in myself. I'm going to feel disrespected maybe in some way. I'm going to feel jealous. I'm going to have all these feelings related to anger maybe. and But I'm going to already be aware that these are the emotions that I could be experiencing. That's going to feel stressful for to me because my body holds stress and our body remembers when we've been stressed before. Our body remembers all these different things. So when I'm in front of that parole board, if I've been practicing mindfulness, it's going to be easier to maybe get through that situation. Can there be competing mindfulness? Like the parole board, for instance, is trying to make me mindful of the event that brought me into prison while I'm trying to be mindful of the here and now. I get it could be that way, actually. And so what you want to, they're trying to make you mindful of what you did. And that makes sense. I mean, and you can, I think you can acknowledge, I, I don't know what goes on in front of a parole board. So I don't know how much questions are related to what, you know, they're bringing forth. Um, and this also kind of goes back to acceptance, right? You did these things. If you did these things, then you did them. So I can be accepting in that, yeah, that's the person I was, and these are the things that I did. Um, but that doesn't have to be where I'm at now. At this point today, I am this human being. And so mindfulness could could definitely help there. Explain the practice of mindfulness, Renee. 
So I am so glad that I have this cheat sheet in front of me to explain all this because there's um, some pe- some different pieces to this. But if you think about mindfulness as being a state of mind, right? That's how we're going to think about it. Maybe not so much as an action or an exercise, but maybe thinking about it as a state of mind. Um, because if you think about it, it, it can seem like it's challenging, right? So we're really trying to develop the state of mind. So here's some techniques that can help people. So think about mindfulness meditation. So this is something that people could do. And what you want to do is set in a comfortable position, pay attention to your breathing. That's a huge part of mindfulness, and it's a, it's a huge part of meditation, is the breath, our breathing is so strange to think about this, but really our breathing affects so much of what we feel. If I'm breathing heavy and hard, that's going to add to my anxiety. If I'm stressed about something and then I start breathing hard, that that intensifies that feeling of stress or anxiety. So that's why they're always saying pay attention to the breath. It's why we do deep breathing, because if I do deep breathing, I start feeling calm. And then if I'm aware of my breath, like, you know, making my breath more I don't know how to say it, but you're really trying to be calm. So I'm not not doing that, but we're just calming ourselves. So being aware of breath, how you're inhaling, how you exhale, creating a rhythm is really what I'm probably trying to say. Create that rhythm. And it says, notice the physical sensation. Notice the sensation of air filling in your lungs and then slowly leaving. What is that like for you? Notice that. What is that like? having air fill your lungs, and then going out. When your mind wanders, and it's probably going to do that, simply notice your thoughts and turn your attention back to breathing. So when you're trying to practice mindfulness, you want to notice your breath because it should be a rhythm and it should be kind of slow, you know. But if you find yourself, if your mind starts wandering to other thoughts, go back and focus on the breath. You know what? I'm going to focus on breathing. And and out. And I do, what I do is six breaths in, hold for two, six out. I think that's what it is, or fours. And folk, you could even count if you need to. I think it's six, two, four is when I'm doing it with clients. So it's like six uh, through your nose. So you breathe in for a count of six, hold for two, one, two, and then out through the mouth, four. And you count. So six, two, and four. Breathe in through your nose for a count of six, Hold your breath for two, breathe out for five. And you can even make that slower and slower until it just has this nice rhythm. The other thing that they have on here for practice of mindfulness is going for a mindfulness walk. We talked about that a little earlier, what that can look like for you. Um, When you're walking, make a practice of being mindful. And we were talking about exercise earlier, and I was talking about how much fun it is to do that with a friend. But the reality is doing walking by yourself could be great because this is a time that you could practice mindfulness. And you want to notice like how your body feels. How is your body moving? That's a great way to kind of get into that mindfulness thinking is I'm noticing my body when I'm walking. I notice my foot placement. I have a bad foot, so I have a tendency when I walk long distances, I stiff it up. So one of the things that helps me with mindfulness is I pay attention to the way I move my foot when I walk because I want to make sure I'm flexing it correctly when I walk. 
what's my arm placement when I walk? Are my arms just hanging? Do I kind of have them up beside me? You know, do I look down when I'm walking or am I looking straight ahead? You want to notice how your body feels when you're walking because that can help with that awareness, with that mindfulness. Um, And then it talks about um, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? And it really speaks to like you're not necessarily trying to clear your mind and get rid of thoughts. It's really you're just thinking different things. Wow, I just saw a cardinal, you know, go by. That smells like trash. They they didn't come and pick it up or something, you know, or the sky is really blue today. Man, this is a lovely breeze. I would love to have a lovely breeze right now. So mindfulness can be used as much as you want. Daily would be good. Part of what they talk about, too, is doing a body scan. And I think sometimes the body pieces of of mental health, whether you're working on depression or anxiety, body pieces feel foreign to us. Because once again, this is something I don't think we're taught, like to be aware of the body. And what does the body feel? And so it says, pay close attention to the physical sensations throughout your body. You know, start with your feet and move up your legs, you know, up to your abdomen, your chest, your back, your shoulders, everything. And and maybe spend time, 15 seconds, um, just feeling how every body part feels. I have a muscle relaxation technique. I love to use it with clients because it helps them to relax. But it also gives awareness. You know, it gives awareness to the body. And again, it's kind of a distracting thing. So if I'm aware, like, do my feet hurt? You know, does my back hurt or does this feel good? Maybe this, like when I do uh, muscle relaxation techniques, often the body feels more relaxed afterwards. So you want to do a body scan. And then the other thing is talks about like maybe doing the five senses. And that's an activity we've done before for like coping. And so you want to use your five senses to bring you back to the present. So sometimes it can be a coping skill. So to keep you from overthinking to be my, it could be for mindfulness. It could be a coping skill. It can help with um, overthinking. It's just the five, four, three, two, one game. That's what we call it. So it's five things that you see, four things that you feel, three things that you hear, one thing or two things. You can, I've seen this different ways that you smell and one thing that you taste or you want to taste. So if I'm doing this right now, it would be five things I see. Well, I see Deacon Ronnie. I see Father Harry. I see a Starbucks cup. Um, I see my glasses. And I see bottled water. That may have been more than five. Four things I feel. Well, I feel my feet in my shoes. I feel my hand on the table. I feel Father Harry poking me with a pen. (laughs) Um, And I can feel my bottom in the chair. Three things that I can hear. Well, interesting today, I don't hear that much. I'm hearing my voice, but you can definitely come up with uh, three things that you hear. Two things I can smell. I can smell the perfume that I'm wearing, and really that's about it. And then one thing that I can taste, well, my mouth is kind of dry. I'm not really tasting anything, but I'm ready to take a taste of Dr. Pepper, y'all. So what it does is it brings you back to the present moment. In that moment of identifying all those things, I wasn't ruminating in the past, and I'm not worried about the future. It brings me back to the present. So those sound like 
the beginnings of activities that one can practice for both mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. What do we have in that roster of, of things that, that help us with those? Um, you mean it's like far as activities? Activities. Yeah. So I've got several activities. Um, that five senses was one of the activities <clears throat> that we use. Uh, I use this with clients all the time. You can even do that one with kiddos. They can learn that one pretty easily. Um, this one is a, a mindfulness meditation, and we can kind of walk through this one. Um, but it says the goal of mindfulness meditation, it's simple, right? It's to pay attention to the present moment without judgment. That without judgment is huge, okay? Okay. During mindfulness meditation, you're going to focus on your breathing, which we talked about that, as a tool to ground yourself in the present moment. It's normal that your mind is going to wander. That's just normal. But you're simply going to bring yourself back into the moment by refocusing on your breathing again and again. And so this is an actual meditation that you could do. I'm just going to read through it. But you got, I mean, people could do this on their own, and it takes like 15 to 30 minutes. So it says the aim to this to this daily practice is 15 to 30 minutes. And the thing is, is if you'll do this every day and be consistent, you're going to get better at it. That's the thing about meditation and mindfulness. This is not something you learn to do in one time. This is something you practice all the time to get better. Um, it says find a time and a place where you're unlikely to be interrupted. Okay, so that's going to be maybe a little challenging for incarcerated people, but I'm sure you can even if you can do this for five or 10 minutes, it's going to be beneficial. But find a place where you can be, uh, that you won't be interrupted. And, of course, for those of you in the outside world, silence your phone, turn the phone off, turn your devices off. If, you have, if you're incarcerated and you now have a tablet, turn your tablet off. And set a timer. That could be a great way to start. I think that'll be really motivating. And it's a goal, right? So maybe set your timer on your tablet or your, uh, for five minutes or if you have a clock. Set it for five minutes. So what you're going to do is you're first going to work on your posture. So you want to sit in a chair or on the floor. And if you're on the floor, maybe sit on a cushion for support. I'm old now. I can't sit on the floor because I can't get back off the floor. So I'll, I would do it in a chair. And you want to straighten your back, but not to the point of stiffness. Like you don't want to hold yourself stiff because you won't be able to relax. But you do want to make sure your posture is straight. Let your chin drop slightly. And your gaze should be downward, kind of like at a point in front of you. And you're just kind of having this soft gaze, maybe kind of looking down. If you're in a chair, place the soles of your feet on the ground. You want to feel grounded. But if you're sitting on the floor, it might be better to cross your legs. Let your arms fall naturally to your sides. With your palms resting on your thighs. And if this becomes uncomfortable, like if your body just doesn't feel comfortable doing that, it's okay. You know, maybe get up, walk around for a minute, adjust your body. Not everybody can sit comfortably on the floor with their legs crossed like that. I wouldn't be comfortable that way, but um, if you need to adjust, you can. And then it says, be aware of your breathing. Because the sensations of breathing are always present. You are always breathing. If you're not breathing, you're dead. You won't even need to do this stuff, right? Hmm. So the sensations of breathing are always present. And they're a useful tool to help you get focused on the, on the present moment. 
When you become distracted during meditation, just focus back on breathing. In, out, in, and out. There's a rhythm to your breathing. Focus on that rhythm. Focus on the breath. You want it to be slow, steady. Notice the sensation of air as it passes through your nose or your mouth. Let the rise and fall of your belly and the feeling of air being exhaled back into the world. Notice the sounds that accompany when you inhale and exhale. So if I inhale, I don't really hear anything for me. But when I exhale, if I do it through my mouth, I can hear that. So that's what you're going to kind of focus on. What does it sound like when I'm breathing? Everything goes back to the breath. And then for the wandering mind, it says it's normal for your mind. Your thoughts are going to wander. That happens at times. Don't worry. That's normal. It's just normal that our thoughts are going to kind of wander. Don't struggle against it. Just simply notice it. Don't let it get out of control. I'm having a hard time with meditation. I can't do anything right. I can't learn this. Okay? All you're going to say is, I'm learning meditation. Because what's going to happen is, I can't do this. It's going to turn it. I never do anything right. Remember when my mom said that you're going to be out of control. And the whole idea is not to be judging yourself like that. You know, you can say, Meditation is challenging. I'm going to learn this. Something like that. Acceptance. Acceptance. Exactly. So don't let it get out of control. And just acknowledge that your mind has wandered. It's okay. And then go back to breathing. Everything will always go back to the breathing. Which reminds me of the breath of the Holy Spirit. Yes. 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 The way that mindfulness helps to improve our spirituality and our connectedness with God. Um, certainly that breath of the Holy Spirit would, would speak to that. But Deacon Ronnie, um, what would you offer uh, about how mindfulness, as Renee has so well uh, outlined it for us, improve our spiritual connectedness with God? Well, I think uh, a beautiful way to, to um, bring this to um, connect ourselves with God is just go to adoration and sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament I know there's many practitioners of adoration and parishes that have perpetual adoration, but make the invitation just to go and, and spend time with him. Um, but also uh, leave everything else that would be a distraction to that practice uh, at the door. Um, again, some of the best practices that, that she has mentioned to us today are, are applicable in, in an adoration setting. You know, sit in a chair. <laughs> uh or if you're able, you know, set yourself in, in, in on the floor. Um, I know a number of religious communities, Sisters of the Morning Star, they, they are on the floor. You know, they're in front of the Lord. Um, gazes downward, um, feet and soles grounded, arms at the side. There's a relaxed state there. But um, that focus of uh, a mantra that you could bring to that moment, a work could just be simple, Jesus, I trust in you. Um, the Jesus prayer, uh, make that your own prayer, but but allow the other stuff to to, to be um, uh, not uh, attaching yourself to it, but let it go, and just listen with the ears of your heart to whatever God has to uh, say to you. But it's just spending time with the Lord. In fact, words would get in the way in the contemplative life. We would say it would be um, not a place for that. 
So that's that's my recommendation. Which I hear in that a very strong signal towards staying in the presence of God. Yes, yes. Which I would want to add to that, that puts us in the presence of what's real. Correct. And that's a lot of what I heard your mindfulness Mm -hmm. direction giving us, Renee. Okay, what's real? I'm anxious right now. What's real? I'm distracted right now. What's real? But that's all I have to acknowledge. That's real, but it's not the whole of who I am. It's not how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. It's just what's happening right now. In terms of the relationship with God, I would then want to say God is our ultimate reality. God is where we find who we are, what creation is, up against a world that now wants to replace God in declaring who we are and what creation is. And so for us who find that reality in God, it means that mindfulness can help us stay with what's real, not what the evil one wants to tempt us into believing, not what the evil one wants us to be focused on in in the things of our lives that may not be going right, or, or to disregard the things that are going well as we advance in holiness. There's a desire for the from the evil one to undermine our sense of well-being and, and accomplishment and purpose. Well, let me ask and first of all thank all our listeners for for being with us for these three segments segments on finding happiness. Let me ask Deacon Ronnie to close us in prayer. It's a prayer of Saint Ephraim the Syrian. O Lord and Master of my life, keep from me the spirit of indifference and discouragement, lust of power and idle chatter. Instead, grant to me, your servant, the spirit of wholeness of being, humble-mindedness, patience, and love. O Lord and King, grant us the grace to be aware of our sins and not to judge our brothers or sisters. For you are blessed now and ever and forever. Amen. Brother, 